Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. It's Laura here today with Shelby. We're so excited to be here with you, and we have an amazing topic that hopefully will save you a lot of suffering um, by learning about it early before it happens to you and getting a good idea of how you want to handle it. And that is when, what do you do when your clients want to quit? So Shelby, I want to hand it over to you to kind of introduce this topic. We've had this happen to a few of our clients lately. We know it's really painful the first time that it happens. So we wanted to share everything we know about it and what we've done uh, in our own experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, luckily this hasn't happened, or luckily I don't think this happens very often in the coaching world, right? If if someone has signed the dotted line and has invested a pretty penny in their own development, that usually means that they're in. So luckily this is not a bridge that we have to cross too much. But and I think just to give you like give you all a frame of reference, Laura and I were recalling how many times we've had to do this. And I think we've had three clients want to quit and actually like we've let out of, of a container um, since we've partnered together. And then I had one client before we partnered up that I kind of forgot about that also paid me in full and showed up to half her sessions and then never, never came back. So out of the hundred plus clients that we have worked with over the past several years, this is really rare. It's, you know, five out of 120, 130 people. So it's, it's a small number, but it does happen. And something that I wish that I had thought about before this happened was what am I going to do if this happens? Because there's so many feelings that come up when you get this email or when you get this Facebook message or this text message of, Hey, I'm not sure that this is the right fit anymore. I want out. Like it just elicits such a mind. I'm trying to think of another word, but such a mind fuck whenever, whenever this happens. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah. yeah. So again, I want to normalize this a little bit. This has um, been coming up uh, not like super frequently, um, but it has come up sort of over the past two months. We've had some nurse coaches walk through this. And so we wanted to give, a resource of just how we've, how we've handled it in the past. But yeah, let's maybe start with what, what can cause this to happen, to put some things on your radar, not to be hypervigilant, but just to, you know, have your feelers out. So Laura, in, in your experience, what have been some reasons that clients, let's start with how often clients want to quit. Cause I feel like that do, does happen quite a bit and we coach them through it. And then there's like wanting to quit and then actually following through on the quit. So what are, what are some reasons that people yeah. have wanted to quit in your experience? Yeah. So people want to quit when things get really hard. Um, and for some people being in your container, doing the work starts to feel harder than not. Mm-hmm. And their brain will tell them a story about why, like, why am I paying for something? And then after sessions, I feel worse, <laughs> right? Like, 
So a lot of times there's a trajectory of change. Not all of it can be pleasant. And in those specific down cycles, in those in these different moments of growth and change, when it's less than butterflies and rainbows and you're doing the hard work, um, it's not uncommon for someone to want to quit. You pair that with a payment plan and in some like recent financial hardship. It's the recipe for the solution being to quit. Right. And so it's it's not rare. And the best thing to do when someone wants to quit is get on the phone and have a conversation about it. And nine times out of 10, you're going to get to the bottom of it. Usually there's a breakthrough. Usually there's some tears. Usually there's a recommitment. And it's like a breakdown to breakthrough. It's a beautiful, beautiful process. So if someone wants to quit, nothing has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing has gone wrong. It's just a, a cue to begin to explore it a little bit deeper. But um, what causes this to happen is client decides they don't want to do the work. Resistance can get really, really big. Resistance can come in the form of different financial hardships or things that come up. Time can get scarce because of something, and that can be another form of resistance. Uh, agreements can get broken um, on the client's end and or the coach's end. And uh, sometimes what causes it to happen, we will never know. We'll never know because they paid us in full and then they stop coming and they don't respond to you. And that does happen. And that can feel really, really, really uncomfy. But every professional coach that I know that's been doing this for any amount of time has stories of thousands of dollars being left on the table, never talking to the client again. So it does, it does happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still don't have like any deeper insight on how or why clients do that. Because even if I wanted to quit a coaching container and I paid in full, I would still go to the call and just half ass it. Like I would still, I would still go and like using air quotes here, get my money's worth. Right. Um, So that one, that one is always just so interesting to me, but it does happen. And um, yeah, it's super weird, but uh, I want to speak to the agreements getting broken one a little bit because there is, I mean, those agreements, I know that as nurse coaches, we're super familiar with them and that we can cruise through them, but reconnecting to that deeper meaning of you're here to play full out. I'm here to be your coach and not your friend. If I say something that upsets you, please let me know. Like there, those cover so many of our bases here to really play big. And in our containers, we say that if something doesn't land right, I'm not a mind reader. You have to let me know so that we can clear the air. It's always with the best intent that I give you feedback. But we also understand that, you know, things get lost in the sauce and that we're not perfect. Um, but I find that in the few times where clients wanted to quit and then actually followed through on the quitting process is because they wouldn't get on the phone and talk about it. They, they right. really backed out of playing full out. And I could just sense that they were not telling me the full story if we did get to talk on the phone, right? There was a piece of the puzzle I was missing or or that they were frustrated or irritated with me in some way that they were maybe not comfortable to express. And it's just like we can't we can't reach a point of healing if we don't put all of the truths on the table for both sides. And so... Um, those agreements are there to protect the both of you, but also when, when they get fractured, that's where I think that like the sand just starts to like seep out of, of the, of the container. 
And we really do mean it. Never have these conversations via text or email ever. They're always done on the phone oh, no. 100% yeah. of the time. Do not craft a long email trying to convince somebody to stick through it. Just make the 15 minutes, call them on the phone, get them on a Zoom. And that's where that's where the, the breakdown to break through the recommitment is possible. Yeah, that's, oh, such good sound sage advice is that when you get the, and usually the client's not going to tell you this on the phone or in the, in your session or on your Zoom, they're going to send you a messenger message, they're going to send you a text, they're going to send you an email. And no, regardless of what that email, text or messenger message says, whatever it is, do not engage at all. It's always as quickly as you can. I want to talk, I so thank you for saying this to me, or I appreciate you reaching out. When can you speak? I'll make time for you. Get on the call as soon as possible. Don't do any coaching, any questions, any any correspondence at all in text, email, or messenger. It it gets weird super fast. Yeah. Um, and, and we've made that mistake before. Shelby, you and I made that mistake, I think, pretty early on with a particular situation. And it doesn't matter what your intent is. If the if the client is feeling unheard, if the client is feeling uh, like you um, like they've been trespassed against for whatever reason, mm-hmm. whatever reason, it doesn't matter what you text. It doesn't matter what you email. That's how it's going to feel to them. Yeah. And so it's just terrible communication. Same thing in relationships, right? Like we just you don't fight with boyfriends over text. You don't fight with, with husbands or girlfriends over email. Uh, you don't have difficult conversations over text ever. Yeah. Agreed. Um, that would have saved us so much heartache in the beginning. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have saved us so much heartache. So yes, get on the phone ASAP. And um, I would encourage you in that call to even if you don't agree with what the client has to say, whatever they're whatever feedback they're giving you is true for them, right? Even if it's yep. a different truth than you than you see it. Um And so hold space for that. Acknowledge that. Try to remove yourself from being personally attacked in those moments because nine times out of 10, it's not actually about you. It's about something else that's going on. And you are just the target for the moment, right? And so um, I, I always think of like whenever I used to work in the ER and we would call security for combative patients. And there was this one security guard that would come into my room and he was younger and he would take everything that my patient that was high on a illicit cocktail of drugs would say personally, and he would take it personally and then start yelling at the patient and then just amplify everything. It was just like freaking fireworks. Every time you walked into a room, I was like, it is easier <laughs> for me not to call you. So don't be that security guard, be in there, be a neutral space. Um, not to be, not to say like be the punching bag for anything. Right. Uh, but be open to, to your client's point of view. Um, even if you disagree. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, this elicits really just, I mean, I can recall the first few times this happened and it just sucks. Like it's hard not to take it personally. It's hard not to make it mean something more, right? It just, it's, it's a really concrete way where we can make it mean that we're not good enough, that we're not a good enough coach that are, yeah. you know, like there, it's just such a slippery slope. Um, so this is where it can be super helpful to have a coach to, to throw some eggs in the other side of the basket to be like, this happens, this is normal. 
this isn't about you and just to be a sounding board for you as well. Um, yeah. But I also think that the biggest part of like, okay, so say your client wants to quit, you get on the call and it's just clear that it's not a good fit moving forward for whatever reason. And we can all honor your intuition because you are in those moments and we are not. This again is on the rare side of things, but let's just like, this has happened this to where you just get on the call and it's not the right fit for a list of reasons Um, where it starts to feel sticky is like, okay, it doesn't feel right to take this person's investment without being able to fulfill the contract, but also we signed a contract. So like where, where do we meet in the middle there? Like how do I honor my business and also meet the client with where they're at? And um, I think that in these instances where that is the case, I'm thinking of one in particular of where this client paid half of the investment price. And it was about four weeks in to our coaching container. Um, and, and it was very clear that this was no longer the right fit. And, uh, so what we decided to do was to keep her original deposit. And then I canceled the rest of her payments, right? Because her backing out of that spot cost us the rest, you know, like I couldn't fill that spot anymore that that group had already that group had already begun. So it came at a cost um, for me. And there were some other options on the table too, right? We were talking about uh, potentially using that money that she was going to invest in hiring a different coach under our umbrella. Like we tried to get really creative with it. Very firm boundary. She did not want any coaching at this time. She wanted to completely back out. Um, And so that is the agreement that felt good for me at the time because I didn't want to keep collecting money when I wasn't going to be serving her in any capacity at all, whether with a referral or whatever. Um, so that is, that is one way that I honored our contract, but then still met my client with, with where they're at. It was literally like a 50, 50 split at that point. Um, but then we've also had clients who have paid in full and then just literally stopped coming to calls too. Yeah. And, I think with that situation, it's different because there is no conversation around what's going on. There's no way for me to know. There's only room for me to assume. Um, and in that instance, like we have a no refund policy in our contract. And that's that's the side of the coin that I err on for those. How do you feel about this, Laura? Yeah. Oh, I just remembered some two other people that quit that I had forgotten about. And we, <laughs> as you're talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. I remember that situation. Um, I think every, you have to look at it on a case by case basis, but it would be, it would have to be a pretty significant case for us to refund any money that we collected. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have to be a very significant, right. For us to, to charge somebody money and then have them quit and then refund them back, which I don't know if we've ever done that. If we've actually no, refunded, I don't think no, so. we have never refunded. And then what that brings up too is the level of commitment. So you're more likely to have this happen if most of your clients are on payment plans, period. Yeah. They're going to less likely to have clients quit if you have clients pay in full. It still will happen. It still will happen. It just, there's less risk of people quitting. Um, I am thinking about one particular uh, coach that quit 
And like you, Shelby, I couldn't fill that spot. So there is a cost to us because we have waiting lists of people that want to work with us. We fill a group to a specific size. And after we start, we don't add more people to the group, but they all start together. They all end together. So it costs us money when, when somebody quits. And in this case, this particular coach had thought she should have results faster than she was getting at the seven week mark, went to see uh, another coach's uh, approach, which is completely different than ours and decided that I had been teaching wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, she was sure she wanted to quit and she found a reason to blame me why she should. And so it was a very combative conversation that came out of the blue. And in that kind of a situation, because I, the coach was triggered because it wasn't a, it wasn't a normal conversation, right? It was a very like, uh, out of the blue and I was not prepared. There was no email or message to prepare me for it. And I had no clue that the client was unhappy. Um, if, if you notice yourself getting triggered on a call like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had noticed within me. I really had taken it personal on the call is I ended the call as quickly as possible because there was no no constructive place for that to go. And there was no refund, but I didn't go try to mm. recoup the money. Yeah. Um, not because it was any fault of my own, but because it just felt energetically icky to even entertain it at, at any yeah. point. And so when we talk about like refund policies and all these policies around payment. And as a new entrepreneur, it can make you sick to your stomach to even think about this. I think what it boils down to is that the agreements in the beginning being really crystal clear what your policy is so that it feels like really, really big for them to commit. Mm -hmm. This isn't something small. I I think you and I do a really good job at at not sugarcoating, not selling like, this is great. Uh, if you sign up with us, you're going to make six figures. I have a secret system. And if you follow my system, you too can be rich. Like that's not the way that we sell. We sell like, Hey, this is going to be fantastic. And the hardest thing that you ever do. Yeah. So I feel like when people want to quit, um, for the most part, the rare times that it happens that case by case, we kind of just decide and we get to come together and decide on what the best path forward is. Mm -hmm. And if you have your own coach, that's the beauty is if as these things come up, you don't have to navigate these things alone. You can explore your own trigger. Do you feel rejected? Do you, what's coming up for you and what would be the best path forward in service to your client? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just not fun to muddle through these, these ones alone at all. It's not as hell. It's like your first breakup. Yeah, it is not fun. It is. Yeah. And I also want to touch on something else here too, of like what happens if your client committed to working with you and then life flipped their world upside down, right? Like life, they were yeah, maybe in a, a neutral space or even on a peak and then they sign up to working with you and then they get not literally hit by a bus, but life metaphorically hits them with a bus, you know, just things happen. Yeah. And um, this happens so much. <laughs> this happens probably the most. This is probably yes. what's more frequent is that, you know, people come out of certification, they're all pumped up, and then a family member dies, or they get diagnosed with a health thing, or um, their kids break their arm, or something just unplanned happens. And there have been a couple of instances this year where I have seriously questioned if our container is the right place for those folks to be. Um, because I didn't want to 
be putting a square peg in a round hole, you know, like if they needed a different type of support, I wanted them to be able to get the other type of support. However, um, and I was very transparent with those clients uh, through that process. Like I would reach out to them often and let them know what I was thinking. I offered them plenty of outs and they all chose, they like all acknowledged that like, yeah, this is a shitty situation, but I choose to stay. And now that I'm a few months from that point with them, I'm so glad that they did. Like, I'm so glad that they stayed in the group and had the support that they had because like their dream didn't go anywhere. Right. The dream had to be shelved for a few weeks or a couple months and they still got, they still were able to come to the most of the calls and get, get the support that they needed. Um, But like if someone signs a contract with you, it is safe to say that you can assume that they, that you two are meant to be working together, like on a, on a, spiritual divine level, right? Like out of all the coaches in the world, you two chose one another to work on a certain thing for a certain amount of time. And what amazing timing it actually is that they have someone in their corner when shit hit the fan rather than them having to navigate it solo. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I mean, this has happened to me personally, I don't know, every year in my business <laughs> to where, um, I, I joined a coaching container on a high note and then life, life was life. I had my first daughter. I had open heart surgery. I had all these things. And had I not had support in my corner while going through those really big transitions, it would have been a million times harder. Like it maybe even impossible for me to navigate by myself. Yeah. That's interesting that you're bringing that up too, because I had a client uh, last year that came out of the gate running and like killing it. And then literally she had big, big, big stuff happen, big life altering real shit happen. Um, and because of that stuff, her money situation drastically changed, not out of her control. And she was on a payment plan with me. And I remember thinking at one point, like, Oh, I should probably give her an out. Like it didn't feel right to have her scrambling to pay me. Mm -hmm. Right. And and because all this life stuff was happening and I, I tested the waters on a one-on-one. I think I said, hypothetically, if there was a way out of this right now, would you choose it hypothetically? And she's like, no, because if I leave now, I'll never come back to coaching. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I have to stay. Mm-hmm. And, and she got through it and came to the other side and is, is, in a completely different place. And so I, I think for me, every time I've wanted to let, let someone out of a container, like God or the universe always shows me that it was better for them to stay. Even if it was hard, even if it seemed impossible, it was that thread to the dream that they originally hired me for was not severed mm-hmm. through their darkest hour. Mm-hmm. And I supported them not in business. I supported them in life. Yeah. It was their life coach. Right. For, for four months. And it was beautiful. Right. And I think that's a good point of, of uh, hiring the right coach, right? So I think like Laura and I don't know everything. We won't pretend to know everything and to know everything on how to support everybody perfectly in the coaching world, right? But being a nurse and being a trained nurse coach and a board certified nurse coach, because we're trained holistically, like whenever people come to the call and are like, I'm thinking of divorcing my husband, that doesn't freak me out, right? Like that, that is welcome in our space. You know, that's, 
I'm not yeah. going to ever tell you like, I can't coach you around that because it doesn't have anything to do with your business because I don't actually believe that. I think that it's all so interconnected yeah. that sometimes we do have to shift gears a little bit and go coach around that or go coach around mom guilt or go coach around whatever. Um, it's not always directly, directly related to your business. So um, I think this is where hiring the right support for just those particular types of things can be super, super helpful. Um, but yeah, this, this scenario of people hiring you and then shit hitting the fan, it's really easy to feel like it's the right thing to let them off the hook using air quotes to let them off the hook. Um, but in reality, like what if you were, what if you were placed there to be able to support them through whatever is, is going on, right? Like there's, there's just so much potential for that actually to be the reason you end up working together. Yeah. So if people want to quit for whatever reason, first try to find the opportunity there and don't buy into it. Right. Right. Don't make sure you have a coach, make sure you have support mentorship so that you can walk through this. But a lot of times um, I think of like my daughter, Adeline, and Sometimes she just pushes the boundaries with me because she feels loved when I establish boundaries with her. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when things get really tough, you know, she'll be like, can I just, can I just have a snack and watch iPad? And I'm like, I love you so much, but no, like you can't, that can't be what you do right now. I'd be a bad mommy if that's what I let you do right now for whatever reason. And in a coaching container, when a client's like, it's really, really hard. Can I just quit and like get my money back? And sometimes the most loving thing we can do is be like, no, you made a commitment to me mm -hmm. and you made a commitment to yourself. And I care about you too much to, to not respect that. Mm -hmm. And that kind of leads me into the ultimate coaches policy, <laughs> the partisan who I love. You guys know he's my North star. Um, I, I think that he illustrates this the most purely out of anybody I've ever experienced. And um, Steve's rates are 200,000 to work with him for a year. You fly in every other week for two hours to his home in Arizona. If you are late, there are no makeups and you create agreements. And if at any time he doesn't feel like you're playing full out, he can fire you and there's no refunds and he's done it. Man, that makes me want um, to barf. Holy smoke. <laughs> right? Like also like what a incredible level of integrity to get to be around mm -hmm. with yourself and with him and for some people, it's going to, you know, it will push you off the edge. But for some people to call out a version of you, a level of greatness that you can't have any other way. And so we don't have to be that hardcore. But I like to use that as my North Star as um, am I playing it safe because I'm uncomfortable with that level of integrity mm, yeah. by letting somebody out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if that story makes you panic and get a little sweaty. Just know that you are, <laughs> no matter what your refund policy is, it will never be as ballsy as Steve Hardison. So you're okay. You're not the most extreme. <laughs> you're not the most extreme coach out there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know of several, yeah. several coaches that have the same thing of like, if you don't honor the agreements that we make, then you're out. And um, they're at a much lower price point, you know, 15, 20 K. But uh, when someone calls you forward, like that, I just think that it accesses a different part of your of your being, right? There was, oh, who yeah. who told me the statistic? I think it was Heather Lapidus. 
this sounds like something she would say about how there is an ultra marathoner. I don't know his name. I'm totally butchering the story, but there's an ultra marathoner that says, um, when you think that your body is at a hundred percent and you have nothing else to give, you're actually only operating at 40% of what you have to give. And that there's an untapped like 60%. And I was like, Oh geez, like that. What? That makes me uncomfortable (laughs) to even think about. But just again, just because a client is feeling a way in a certain moment doesn't dictate anything about your coaching ability or the space that you hold. Like this is, this can be an expected part of the process. And if a client wants to quit, um, what just an amazing spot to get to step in and support them in, in that moment. Oh, and that's our job as nurse coaches is to, um, when somebody thinks that they're giving a hundred percent to, change their perspective and create insight and show them that they're actually infinite beings and we're completely untapped into what's possible. Mm. And I think that, I mean, if you have clients wanting to quit, you're probably a pretty badass. Coach. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like maybe we should, Shelby, we should do an episode a year from now and hope that we have more than three out of a hundred <laughs> or four out of a hundred. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like, it, that's what it, that's what it makes me think of is like, if you're not towing the line, you're probably not playing hard enough. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that people quit Preston's container? No. More than four out of a hundred? I think, yeah, I do. I think that uh, Preston kicks out more than that amount of people for sure. <laughs> for sure. I've heard him tell stories about it. Um, and how yeah. in that moment, that was actually the thing that was in the best service to them. Like, cause he has a few full circle right. moments, right. Of people that he's kicked out who were super pissed, like really angry whenever he, he kicked them out. And then they'll show up in like a YouTube comment on one of his videos, like four years later. And they'll say something like Preston loved me harder than anyone has ever loved me before. He's the real deal. Oh yeah. And I'm like, dude, Oh my gosh. That's so good. But yeah, you might have to wait four years to be like that. Yeah. You might have to wait four years and you may have to wait forever. Right. You may never get that full circle moment, but right. It is, it is possible. Love looks a lot of ways um, outside of people pleasing and making sure everybody's taken care of and okay. Uh, It can, it can be those, those really blunt truths too. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I feel like I'm getting off topic here. This was actually yeah. a really exciting episode to to film. I, I like where it ended. <laughs> I know. You just got me all fired up. All <laughs> fired up. Like and well, and so like we our episode is what to do when your clients want to quit and we literally ended with like letting not letting your client quit or letting your qu- client quit and not not making it be about you could be the mm-hmm most pure kind of love that you could show your client similar to I was talking about like Adeline, like yeah, silly things that seem like really, really hard can be like the best way that we can love our clients. And um, if you're doing your job, you will have people quit and it's okay. And make sure you have support to walk through it all. Do not suffer. Do not make up stories in your head. It's really scary in your head. It's like a dark neighborhood when you don't have somebody else holding Mm -hmm. it's been there Mm -hmm. for you. For sure. For sure. Oh, all right, team. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This one was really good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. So uh, let us know what you think. Uh, Give us any feedback. Has this happened to you yet? Is this a secret fear that keeps you up at night? If so, I hope that we've given a little bit of a blueprint on how to navigate 
this particular problem. Um, and yeah, come hang out with us in the Facebook group, the successful nurse coaches. We would love to have you there and, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye team. See you soon.